Welcome to Series Finale, the only podcast where comedians get together, we watch and discuss the final episode of a television show we've never even seen. I'm John Paul. I'm Zach. And I'm Jack. Thank you so much for listening to this very fun episode. If you like the show, and we hope that you do, you can get even more Series Finale content weekly. Uh, at patreon.com slash series finale, where you can sign up for Series Pilots, our sister show, where we watch uh, kind of whatever TV we want, te- te- typically uh, <laughs> uh, typically a first episode of a show, but we don't, we don't adhere to the rules, and that's where we really go nuts against cancel culture. So if you haven't listened, <laughs> give, it, give it a listen. Every episode is a hell in the cell against the libs. It's just us owning the libs, reading Dr. Seuss, and attaching strap-ons to Mr. Potato so he remains manly as ever. In fairness, the the reading of the Dr. Seuss is actually me just learning to read. I'm not, it's not a stand against the libs. I'm just, I'm learning phonics. We're That's up. just meeting Jack where he's at with his reading level. Yeah, what we do is we've rewritten some of the books to be more in our style. Like we have uh, green eggs and there are only two genders. And we just read that <laughs> like crazy. It's green eggs. Well, we actually did remove the green eggs and ham because we are a Muslim Patreon <laughs> podcast. We're a strict Muslim Patreon podcast with firm gender roles. But we, we did uh, it, after... We decided to convert, but our originally we did try to make um, green eggs and two Christmas hams, and it was just a Gabby Carter photograph uh, <laughs> that we paid tribute to. <laughs> Gabby Carter, I, not me. I'm I'm off this time. I think I'm 21 days or something. Dude, congratulations! Stay strong. Really, the Lord has found me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. The devil, the temptress devil has been on the internet going crazy, but not me, brother. Not me, devil. Has Gabby I've been gotta... doing scenes still? I don't know. I'm oh. not abreast of the situation. Oh. Not even on Reddit. So you boys know it's serious this time. There are no loopholes here. Really? You're not even looking at still photos? Dude, not even. I'm a full loophole free ever since Lent. What about the Victoria's Secret catalog? Um, no, no, I haven't checked into that. So you're just using imagination? Imagination in the Adam and Steve's breakfast menu from uh, P-Town. They have a wonderful, a wonderful menu. No, I'm full imagination. I'm full imagination, you know, just a couple times a week. Do you construct elaborate fantasies within your own mind? Yeah, yeah, it's better for creativity, honestly. I think... You think- it's kind of a left brain situation. It's similar to brushing your teeth with your left hand. You know, it, it's. I think it's going to do wonders for my pilot writing abilities. I'm really getting into A plots and B plots. You'll be, uh, 
You'd be writing a comedy series and every scene ends with, uh, with Gabby Carter getting railed. <laughs> I think that the, all those, uh, the writers in the Skinamax room, none of them actually look at porn so that they can really bring it to life. Uh, yes, that's sort of that's, the, the hidden secret. That's how they brought us Busty Cops and Busty Cops 2. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> which, is but, a, which is a Cinemax movie. But Busty Cops, Skinamax respectfully took it down after, uh, you know, the BLM protests, you know. No, they just rebranded. ACAB, all cops are busty. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's talk about the series finale to the show that we're talking about today. John Paul, why don't you bring it in? Give us a little broad strokes breakdown of this one. That's right. We uh, we are releasing this episode on the heels of the just released uh, HBO Max slash in theaters. If you're if you're dangerous and nasty, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong movie, a movie where Godzilla and King Kong battle it out. And I was like thinking, what could we do to sort of ride the the sort of tales of success of that big lizard? And I thought we could check out a show from Japan that first aired in the late '60s. Ultraman, a giant monster fighting show from the land of the rising sun. Yeah. And uh, Ultraman is a, is a character that is still kind of exists, I think. I think it's still, I don't know if it's popular, but I think it still exists. But this was the series finale, I think, of the original TV series, which was about a guy possessed by an alien creature who could then transform into a giant guy in a gimp suit. Who could then use the, his powers to fight against all the big monsters that would come after Japan? And the 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 genre of giant monster attacks Japan has been a, a staple of Japanese cinema for like seventy years. And that's but now what is attacking Japan is a wave of low libido. <laughs> Nobody wants to have sex over there. That's the real monster. So do you think I... Ultraman Ultraman should be uh, fighting against things like uh, like pornography and people living at home with their parents to increase fertility? Yeah, Ultraman is chastity. That's what it's a, uh, a, a symbolism for. I think... A lot of people thought it was about like nuclear proliferation, but it's actually about no sex having millennials. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that this is a good, like, this is the main reason why we need to apologize to Japan for dropping the atomic bomb is because of all of the shit that they've created ever since. You know, this is really a horrible, horrible television show. And <laughs> do you, you think, got- to be honest, do you think- we need to apologize to the Healthy at Any Size movement since we called one of the bombs Fat Man, which was the real tragedy of the situation. <laughs> the fat shaming of the... Of that bombing is really where we went wrong. Well, did you hear about Trump? He, he, they, the nukes that they built when Trump was, uh, you know, president. They, they named the Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is just like that, that rude, rude, rude man. Do you think that uh, Truman might have reconsidered dropping the bombs in Japan if he had known? that it was going to result in us having to watch Ultraman uh, so many years later. <laughs> he might have said the cost was too high and then instead just ordered a land invasion of Japan with thousands and thousands of GIs dead. I think Truman was actually a weeabo. 
Truman was the original <laughs> Weibo, and he just he knew that this would create Gojira in in all these great uh, pieces of Japanese culture. This is terrible. <laughs> this show was so bad, dude. I it's, really, you really that you disliked it. Well, I thought I, it was really fun. I also want to call bullshit, John Paul. I do not believe that you have not seen other episodes of Ultraman. This is oh. so fun. When I was watching this, I was like, there's a, no way John Paul hasn't seen every single episode of this bullshit. <laughs> I have seen other TV shows. I've seen other Ultraman shows, but I've never watched this one. I think there was like a cartoon version or some like modern version when I was growing up. Um, but no, I've never seen the 60s version. I would never, ever break the sanctity of this program. Ever. <laughs> So have brought, you never? Have you always <coughs> been on the up and up? Um, no. There's got to be at least like one that we've that I've cheated, but I can't remember what it was. There has to yeah. be one. Um, yeah. But a broad strokes breakdown of the show is that the show is about uh, the show is about a uh, it's about Earth getting attacked by these aliens and their their little flying craft. They look like fidget spinners. And they're, they're attacked. Yes, they do. They look precisely like <laughs> fidget spinners. I thought the same thing. They attack. They attack the Earth, and this sort of defense force uh, has d- to save them. And and on their team is Hayata, who is the one who can become Ultraman in secret. He's like a secret superhero. And in this episode, the the defense force takes on their greatest threat, Zeton, who is like a big monster who uh, who attacks he them. Like, he looks like a snapping turtle. Like, there are also themes of like um, national sovereignty, self determination, combined with like kind of being handcuffed by the global community. At one point, when Ultraman is coming in, it's clear that he's going to come to Japan, but because it's an attack on the whole world, they have to run it by the defense force in Paris, which <laughs> ruffles the feathers of some people. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that this in this world there is like a, a global hegemony and France apparently is in charge. Yeah. France, thank God, Britain's not in charge with that whole racist pedophilia ring they got going on out there. <laughs> Bunch of creepy pervs. Uh, you know what? Um, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just um, I like the, this show. It really actually is. It's it's so bad. It's good. It was like actually kind of fun to watch because it was so horrible, and like the it's what's weird though is Ultraman lose like the the, the he loses the fight. He kind of has no abilities whatsoever. His ground and pound game was like horrible. I mean, the guy's getting tossed around totally, and the the, the aliens are just as bad at fighting as Ultraman. I mean, they get... Do you think that he could take Jake Paul in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a sick card. Jake Paul v. Ultraman. Godzilla taking on Kimbo Slice's son, Baby Slice. Oh, is Baby Slice fighting? No, I don't think Baby Slice is fighting anytime. I don't think he's fought in a while. Well, hopefully Is he's... Baby Slice an adult? Yeah, he's an adult. It's not a literal baby. <laughs> <laughs> People just call him I mean, baby Kem- slice. Kimbo died at like 48, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that Baby Slice follows in the footsteps of his father and continues to fight the real fight against tyranny versus the LGBTQ community. Yeah, which is what I agree. Kimbo was so famous for. 
<laughs> Wait, was Kimbo an advocate? No, remember that was like a, a running gag in, in the series finale war that Kimbo was a huge advocate. <laughs> um, now, Jack, you were talking about the show being "quote unquote" so bad it was good. I I, I think that this aired in nineteen nineteen the late sixties. They obviously don't have a ton of money. They're doing the best with their got stuff like this. I kind of find charming, and I like watching them. You know, move little models around their string, and I just I my my imagination like fills in the gaps, and I do think it's interesting that in the the last episode of the show, Ultraman gets like his ass whomped and then just like bounces. Like it's not like really a super heroic like ending for Ultraman. He he loses to Zeton, and then another Ultraman creature comes and they just leave. Yeah, that was weird. Why? Like, what does that represent? I think it's uh, if it was if you were asking me, I think that Ultraman represents the imperialistic United States, and that it's in the future the United States will finally remove some of their air bases from the from the land of the rising sun. Interesting. Maybe <laughs> Ultraman represents what Japan should have done, like, once they knew that America was coming. Like, Ultraman sort of surrenders, you know, which is, like, not what the Japanese do, really, you know? <laughs> like, maybe Ultraman is a representation of, like, damn, if we had just said, you know what, it looks like it's going to be a land war, why don't we just give up, you know? Maybe? Maybe that's a stretch. But they fought Ultraman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they stood up to Ultraman. Who stood up to Ultraman? The forces. Uh, I don't know. Maybe my... Wait, wait. I'm confused. Was Ultraman the defense? Is Ultraman on their team? I th- Who attacks them? What's the name of that guy? <laughs> Zeton. Zeton is the Zeton. big... Okay. Zeton's Never the big dinosaur-looking guy. Ultraman yeah, is the guy in the Yeah, they are Ultraman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ultraman, he he's he's a, not a very good superhero. I also don't think he's very like cool looking, and it doesn't look he's not limber at all. <laughs> you know he can't move. It, it's it's not good. Well, I think I think the standards for superhero were probably a tad lower in 1967. So they just kind of let it slide. I mean, he is like he is like a hundred feet tall. That's something. Hey, big, big, yeah, big you know, boys. short kings count too. Right. Though. Big boys fall harder, you know. <laughs> do you think what size do you do you think that do you think that Ultraman better have a gigantic dong? I mean, can you imagine if he had like a nine incher on a two, on a hundred foot body? They wouldn't have enough blur in Tokyo to even cover it. <laughs> 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 there, there's no, there's not enough pixelization to fill in that wang. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I mean, the, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jack. You bring us. What in. I did like about this show is like I do love action figures, and I loved my guys growing up, and like all the <laughs> miniature sets, I just would have had so much fun playing with. Like the whole show is basically shots of like miniatures. Everything's a miniature. Oh, it's amazing, mm-hmm. and it's interesting how you can see like a weather vane rotate. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I've always thought based on this scene. And Bobby Bacala's fascination with trains 
I could become a model train guy. I, I think I could. I would be happy with that life. You can make like, if you want to get into miniatures, you can make like your own little suburban town. You can build a little town hall and little houses. You could get no into suburbs like- only. I don't like suburban sprawl, public transit, union drivers. <laughs> All the guys in your town are are you? I'm, I'm sure if you built the little town, it would have like a a gigantic bathhouse right in the middle of town square. Dude, if M- mandatory nude po- political discussion every <laughs> Sunday for all the townspeople. If Zach's town was, if Zach built a little miniature town and they were all unionized, nothing would ever get done and everything would take ten years. You know, so it would just it would take way too long. <laughs> And then Jack would come in as a union buster and he would lease public transit um, cars, subway cars, to my conductors for $1,000 a week. And we would, <laughs> we would moonlight as vaccine guys, too. <laughs> Epidemiologists. And then, have, uh, and then Zach's painting little miniatures of these, like, of these immigrant cab drivers hanging themselves in the attics of their rented apartments. <laughs> Because they uh, can't afford Jack comes to the to door and says driver. he really needs that weekly payment. <laughs> That's one rude. thing that he was interesting though about the show that I think was uh, I I mean I think if I remember correctly you guys have told me you have like sort of been in a similar situation where a giant monster attacked your home. I have. I Dude, have totally. I had a situation and it involves the central bathhouse actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I had just had an experience with a New York City landlord. My New York City landlord tried to, sue, tried to keep my security deposit after I had left the apartment in absolute mess. I had left all of my belongings and offered a homeless man to come live in it for two weeks while I went out of state. <laughs> as my landlord, as because the place was such a mess, I left in the dead of night and didn't say anything to my landlord. <laughs> until 31 days had passed. According to New York state law, a landlord must provide in writing why they're withholding a security deposit within 30 days. On the 31st day, I said, remember me with images of me nude in the completely destroyed apartment saying, you owe me my security deposit. I never received an itemized list of damages. (laughs) My landlord said they refused to pay. I sued them, took them to court, and was paid triple damages. Meanwhile, my landlord had a totally messy apartment he could no longer afford, and he just gave it to me. I was at the bathhouse with my new girlfriend celebrating our sweet-ass victory. In order to spice things up, I opted for a plaza. A plaza is a nude massage where a large, heavyset Russian man beats your nude body with a burning hot oak branch. All of a sudden, the bathhouse shook. A monster was in our midst. His name was Big Debt Man. Big Debt Man was a 220-foot credit card. He levitated above and gave me every Plaza recipient's worst nightmare, the credit card swipe. I couldn't stop him. I screamed, I yelled, I moaned. Big Debt Man slid his card up in between my cheeks. Oh, no. Front to back, front to back. I was horrified. And he went away and just said, you shall not mess with landlords again. My girlfriend looked at me. She was disgusted. She couldn't get over her internalized homophobia and thought that Debt Man 
had penetrated me and decided she couldn't be with a bottom. So I wandered the streets of New York City, sad, distraught, and alone. Debt man had struck. Oh, no. That's so so sad. Um, I will say that I think Debt man, what Debt man did to you was wrong, but at least Debt man had the decency to go... uh, Back, front to back and not back to front, which would yeah. have been unhygienic. It was Joe Biden decency. That was because of Joe Biden, he said. He decided with that standard. Uh, so I, 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 too, have had a run-in with a giant, um, giant sort of supervillain. I was sitting at home, minding my own business, watching Fox News and commenting on the New York Post. All of a sudden, a blue-haired woman that I assume was a lesbian knocked on my front door. I told her that I didn't want to support any stupid international organizations. That I only supported the wo- I only supported uh, organizations in America, like my favorite, the Wounded in America Warriors Project, which was a nonprofit to help the Capital Freedom Fighters get appeal for their probation. Uh, <laughs> her head began began to spin, and she grew thirty feet tall and started to scream. I am MX cancel and you will take it back. (laughs) I grabbed my AR-15 and began to shoot while I yelled, I'm standing my ground. I'm standing my ground. (laughs) But but the bullets flew up her puss and seemed to make her stronger. I tried to drive away in my sick truck that had two pipes that blew out black smoke, hoping that would hide me from her. But it didn't work. I said, Miss, please stop. And she screamed, How dare you misgender me? And it, it looked like it was over for me. As she picked me up and started to put me toward her mouth. And then I remembered how to defeat her. I said, I apologize. And I said, Black lives do matter. I shouldn't have used that word, fag, when I was younger. And hope to be better, a better person in the future. I had grown up watching Fox, but I'm starting to think it's making me an angry person. And I really am sorry for what I've become. MX Cancel's head began to steam and spin. They could not handle the idea of human growth, and they ended up eating me. (laughs) So it didn't work You know, Jack, a bit off color. Nice pronoun usage. Very, very um, respectful. Thank you. Damn dog. So even though you apologized, it uh, it didn't fix the situation. It no, it did not. Unfortunately. What were you commenting on in on the New York Post article when you were commenting in the New York Post? What were you saying? <laughs> um, you know, a nine-year-old uh, adopted boy had been killed by the police, and I was just saying, well, he shouldn't have been out at three o'clock. Why wasn't he in school? And so. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I also had a situation where I dealt with a giant monster. Ever since I was a kid, I'd loved living in London, England. I ate fish and chips every day, and I would take the tube home from my job as a raven keeper at Buckingham Palace. A lift to my flat to watch some cricket, have tea and biscuits, which is like a bad cookie. Being a blue-collar, working-class bloke from London town, I loved the royal family and would staunchly defend them any time a controversy came up. So I was ardently on the side of the royal family when pa- Prince Harry and Meghan Markle accused them of being horrible and racist and being concerned that their child would have dark skin. 
Meghan was furious that their baby, Archie, was not in the line of succession to the throne. So she flew to Britain and performed a secret ritual that she had learned from being involved in the Hollywood cabal. Baby Archie grew from a one-foot-tall baby to a massive, monstrous baby 20 stories tall and started wreaking havoc on my beloved city with evil Meghan Markle on his shoulder, cackling with evil malevolence. At Meghan's command, Archie smashed up Big Ben and pushed over that big Ferris wheel. He pulled tube trains out of the ground and used one to crush Guy Ritchie and Austin Powers. The SAS tried to stop giant baby Archie, but their guns and bombs were useless, and big baby Archie was heading straight for Buckingham Palace to take the throne. He was so fearsome that the Mexican media dubbed him El Diablo, El Diablo de Bebe II. It seemed, <laughs> it's, it seemed all hope was lost. This giant baby was going to storm Buckingham Palace, kill the queen, and then by ancient British law, he would be the rightful king of England. I knew I had to stop him. I needed a distraction. As Archie approached the palace, I sent out my flock of ravens to fly around baby Archie, and I slowed him down just long enough to bring out my secret weapon. Standing at the front gates, I pulled a sheet off of Prince Andrew, a suspected sex predator, and figured that would be enough to scare Archie away. But it had no effect. Prince Andrew started explaining what a nefebophile was to me, and I started getting pretty <laughs> creeped out. Just before baby Archie crushed him and crawled past me into Buckingham Palace. I had failed. Life isn't all bad under King Baby Archie, though. As by royal decree, the Spice Girls have been forcibly reunited and perform free concerts every night at Wimbledon Stadium, and the fish and chips are half off on Tuesday nights. <laughs> and yeah, uh, uh, you guys might you guys might not have noticed, but uh, my my British accent uh, it's it's it only comes out when I'm very uh, emotional. So that's why I was able to sort of coldly relate that story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you didn't seem super emotionally invested, but that's probably it's probably too traumatic. You have to sort of you uh, know. stiff up, stiff up a lip, you know. <laughs> Did um, dude, it's funny that you bring up Guy Ritchie because I love Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie movies are awesome, dude. I just watched his like newest one, The Gentleman. With, with is that the one with Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, yeah, I watched that. Yeah, there's. Guy Ritchie's so fun, dude. Wait, is he in trouble at all, or is he still okay? People hate him. People well, like he was crushed by he was him. crushed by a giant baby. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> People like to make fun of him, and um, I just really like his movies. There's like the perfect amount of humor, violence, a little bit of sex appeal, a little bit of homosexual appeal, and you know, it's just got it all. <laughs> Yes, in the gentleman, what's his name? Does play a very fun, conniving gay dude. What's his name again? Yeah. Hugh Grant. Hugh He's the Grant one that had yes. a gerbil in his ass. No, no, that's Richard Gere. <laughs> oh. I think it was. My, it might have been nobody. I think it might have been something we've talked about on the podcast before, and that's uh, right, right. That is a, a I think crazy rumor. Hugh Grant though created the uh, the the apology tour. The late night television apology tour. That's what he's famous. That's for. true. That's true. Well, he's he famous was... for his movies, but <laughs> <laughs> he 
To be honest, it's not unreasonable. To, he's probably not, dude. Most people are more famous for their personal disgraces than they are for their movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what has Hugh Grant done besides Love Actually? Princess, I mean, uh, Runaway Bride, maybe? Or was that Richard um, Gere? That was Richard Gere, I think. No, he's did um, Bridget Jones's Diary and probably Bridget Jones' Diary, too. Oh, I think he did one like biopic called Life on the Wheel about a hamster that was later found in Richard Gere's <laughs> anus. I think you're right, though, that Zach, that people might be more famous for their personal like transgressions because you guys probably only know Ultraman from the show, but you probably remember when Ultraman was jacking off in a public movie theater in 1994. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was uh um that what what else is oh I mean we could like I have a question is doing the Japanese uh, dialect is that like is that cool? <laughs> now that you've brought it up, no, it wouldn't be cool. If like here's the thing, if we were good at accents, it would be fine. But we're not good at accents, right? <laughs> In the idea that it's funny because it's so bad, it just doesn't hold water anymore. Mm. That's interesting because like it, it's a hard thing. I think accents are hilarious. I do accents all the time, yeah. including hammy Boston accents, Italian accents. I do plenty of accents that are considered appropriate. Accents are funny always. I love people who do accents. I've sang his praises on here before. Uncle Roger, he does the accent. He's done some, um, you know, he's done a lot of interviews with other Asian comedians as to why, in members of the diaspora, why he chooses to do the accent. And at one point, he just says, look, it's funny. And it's true. It just primarily makes you laugh. I'm sure people in Japan mock American accents. They're funny. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if there's ever really a problem, you can just say that you were doing a Dat Fan bit. <laughs> or you, were, you, were doing, you, were, you weren't doing a J- Jamaican accent. You were mocking Chet Hanks. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good idea. Well, what's weird though is the whole move, the whole show is in Japanese, but Ultraman's name is still Ultraman. That's so true. Why? Why wouldn't his name be I the think Japanese Ultraman version? is possibly a Nietzsche reference. I think it's possibly a Nietzsche reference to Ubermensch. Oh, that's, that's an what I think. idea. There's um there's a lot of I mean uh, ja- English is like frequently taught in a lot of Japanese people know like some English and so it's really common for there to be like English words there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of loan words in Japanese that are just like English words that they say with the Datfan accent and so like <laughs> Ultraman being one of them Yeah at the I'm end I'm trying to remember all... some other ones they're, at I the end, remember. they're farewelling Ultraman, and I love that. See, farewell, Ultraman, farewell, you know, <laughs> farewell, Ultraman. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> that's not really the accent, though. That's no. sort of just, that's a mimic of what they were saying and how they said <laughs> that's, it. That's true. Um, although, I got to call the episode out. We're, this episode's coming out at the end of Women's Month, and Fuji, the woman member of the team, she doesn't have a lot to do. She really is just like a secretary. But I do love their outfits. They have these sort of orange jumpsuits where they still have a tie. It's very sharp looking. <laughs> they look like um, servers at the Cheesecake Factory. 
they wear these weird jumpsuits that still have a tie and a helmet. And uh, except for like the boss, Iwamoto, he just wears like a dark gray business suit. Like he's a Japanese salary man. Was, was Iwamoto a bad guy? Was he the bad guy? There's one guy who tries to, he, there's one guy who, who does uh, suffocate Iwajomo and um, the one chick, she gets like choked to death, but then she gets alive again. And that scene is truly hilarious. They, it, the guy is walking in slow motion. She turns around. He's about 10 feet away with his hands out, ready to put him around her neck. And all she does is go, oh, no, oh, no. And it's like. Yeah, it's a slow death. It's a slow death. I mean, it takes the guy five minutes to walk towards her. And then he doesn't kill her. You know? He no, just... she's, she's fine. She wakes up a little while later. And then she helps, uh, you know, she helps the team secure the secret weapon they need to defeat Zeton because Ultraman cannot defeat him. The the show is based around a formula a formula where eventually the show is centered on like you know these big giant fights that are supposed to be happening between two huge impressive monsters. Were you guys really impressed with the size and majesty of Ultraman versus Zeton battle? I mean, the Japanese are obviously size queens, and I'm, it's not for me. They care so much about the la- the size, and it's just not that important to a guy from Klitschewit. <laughs> I don't know. They do seem to be obsessed with large things. Like, why do they care so much? I mean, it's in a lot of their TV. Like, the Power Rangers show, which is based off a Japanese show, Every episode, the the monster grows to like two hundred feet tall, and then they got to get in their big robot and fight it. Yeah, I mean the the version of Friends also. Everybody was huge. <laughs> Mr. Big. <laughs> ah, you're just... you're talking about uh, the hit show from Japan, oh, Nakama. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which sort of means friend, or Tomodachi. How do you know that? Uh, I t- How do you know that, I John took Paul? two years of Japanese in community college. Dude, you know who else did that? Snowden. Really? Edward Snowden went to community college, took Japanese because he was a weeabo nerd, <laughs> fell in love with a classmate, and then started web developing. Really? I'm, okay, John Paul, we got to pause for a second. <laughs> we need to hear more about two years of community college Japanese. I, I, this is important. I, How did you get involved? How much were you able to write? How many words? And what was the professor like? And what were the students like? Um, So I did take two years of Japanese in community college. It was because I was a gigantic, massive Weibo. Uh, I I mean, I I would hang hang out with this guy who I worked with at a drugstore. And he kind of was even, he was a giant Weibo. And we just started weaving, we just started weaving out hard together. All right. And so he was taking Japanese. So I started taking Japanese. We're watching Japanese cartoons all the time. Uh, I start taking the class. The, the, the teacher was a, was born, uh, was a woman who was born in Japan and was teaching Japanese to us. I, one thing I remember in the class was that, uh, she told us, the proper way to shorten the term Japanese. Like if you, what's that when you, what's the thing when you short contraction? 
for contraction yeah. for Japanese, you, it's uh, it's JPN. You don't use JAP, which is not okay apparently. <laughs> Jewish American princess. <laughs> yeah, she was a, she was very concerned that that uh, teenagers having their bat mitzvah might be offended if you use the JAP <laughs> contraction <laughs> for Japanese. Dude. I took it for two I years. Mean, I learned. I learned. Um, you know, there's three systems of writing in Japanese writing. There's katakana, hiragana, and uh, and kanji. And katakana and hiragana are really simple. They're for like preschoolers. I learned those. And then kanji is those are two thousand some odd distinct characters that all have a different meaning and can change meanings depending on where you place them in a sentence. So I didn't. I barely scratched the surface of that. Did you like ever go to a sushi restaurant as like a class assignment and write about it and order in Japanese or something? <laughs> no, I never did that. Although I was in Las Vegas once, and uh, I spoke Japanese extremely briefly to two tourists. That's how could they tell you were a weeb? <laughs> no. I was just, just on a bus, and they like and the bus like took a turn too hard, and one of them like slipped and almost fell down. And I just asked if they were okay. And then they said, "Step tourist, I'm stuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I sprouted tentacles, squid tentacles, and we started going at it like in all the hentai porn. I'm, I'm just, so how I'm, much was each class? Like, how much do you think you spent in your life taking Japanese? I mean, it's a community college course from from 17 i mean 15 years ago so not much it was probably like a hundred bucks a class or something oh nice i'm just i mean this should be this is an under meme thing japanese community college class starter pack there there are so many memes that could have to do with that this is a type of person (laughs) it definitely is and i definitely was the prime type of person uh my friend who, who who got me into it, he went to Japan for like seven months and like, I don't know, seven months. He went there for a few months and was like, I don't know what he was doing over there. Probably just going wild. Did he get a girlfriend? The, no, he he didn't get a girlfriend. He was going for the non-sex tourism, which is really popular in Japan right now. The no-sex tourism. <laughs> <laughs> I keep picturing this guy and John Paul being like a Weibo version of Jay and Silent Bob outside of different convenience stores. Just like selling manga. <laughs> well, Zach, you mentioned that uh, that the show that uh, you could make a starter pack. That's a good way to transition Ooh. into a meme minute for Ultraman. That's a really good idea. Okay. Um, okay. Japanese TV starter pack. <laughs> okay. No sex. <laughs> Salary man works until he dies. <laughs> Weebo. <laughs> That is that is pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, I got one. I got one. Um, I got one. Uh, Ultraman loses in his ultimate battle to defend the Earth. Ultraman, I'd I'm a head out. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, the bad. Rock driving. The Rock driving. The Rock okay. driving. Hey AOC, have you heard that Edward Snowden took community college Japanese class? <laughs> Edward got snowed in Japan? I didn't know it snowed in Japan. (laughs) AOC, what a fool you are. (laughs) Um, All right, let me think. Okay. Um, Drake pushing pushing away. Yeah. Pulling a Zach and masturbating with with elaborate 
fantasies constructed in your mind. Drake pointing and smiling, pulling a Japanese starter pack and masturbating using drawn images of women getting sexed <laughs> by squids. <laughs> That's great. I got one. Um, black power fist, white power fist. Uh, combining hands. The black power fist is the set designers and the miniature designers of for Ultraman. The white power fist is Zack. What are they coming together over? Their appreciation for the small things. <laughs> Damn, that works on several levels. That's a great one. Dude, that was like, that works on the same, that's like the Ghost in the Shell title. That works on many levels. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, what else? What else? Um, okay, okay, all right. Gal- a regular brain. Regular brain. Putting out, putting out uh, an HQ fire using a fire extinguisher. You, uh, galaxy brain. Putting out a fire at HQ using a fire truck. Universe brain. Putting out a fire in HQ using an elaborate pump system with miniatures that spray into the flaming building. <laughs> universe, universe brain. Putting out a fire with social workers because you defunded the fire department. <laughs> Um, okay, I got one. Ultraman squaring up against... What's the squid thing? Zeton. Ultraman squaring up against Zeton. The backdrop, all those mountains. Who's sitting behind the mountains? Bernie Sanders and his mittens. Oh, I like it. I like that a lot. That was a great meme minute, guys. But I do want to take a second and call. Oh wait, I already did this. I already, I already called the show for not getting Fuji and uh, Fuji-san enough to why do. Why don't, why don't we do a cream minute now, where we describe things to Zach to try and make him come without porn? Oh, try to mm, no. Try to put him on the. Try to put him in an Amtrak situation. I'm extra sensitive now that I'm off it. You know, it gets you going more. It restores your testosterone and your power. <laughs> But what if Gabby Carter was 200 feet tall and she picked you up and nestled you between her big breasts? If I could be small spoon, then that would probably work for me. There is sort of there is a, a fetish fandom of giant women, tiny little man. Yeah. How giant though? They, I mean, it, it varies. Yeah, I. You know what's interesting? Every single man who has that fetish of gargantuism um, also took two years of community Japanese. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's interesting, Jump all that you know. <laughs> Damada. Jump all, do you like bigger women, taller women? Uh, the last girl I dated was taller than me, kind of significantly. Um, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if I would say it's my preference, but when I was dating someone taller, I did not, it did not bother me at all. I found, like, no, I myself did not feel like it was a negative at all. I thought it was great. You know, I need sometimes. Sometimes I need. Sometimes I need to get like a uh, a butt plug off a tall shelf, and she could help me out with that. Did you call yourself Small Bean? S M O L. Were you like, I'm so small. Yeah, I talked like I was. Uh, yeah. Will you teach? Will you teach me and Zach some Japanese? Teach us a couple uh, words. I don't. I mean, I, this was years ago. I be, I don't know anything. I can't remember. There's not much you I remember. Said, okay. You just said a couple words. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Damida, it's bad. So that would be like, that would be like, uh, if like, you know, like you're, let's say if Zach, if you, if, if you go, Zach, let's, I want you to jerk off to some porno. Zach, Zach might go, Damida, as like, that's bad, as a no good, I can't uh, do it. Or like, what John, about John. Damida? I just saw Jack Burke's open mic set. <laughs> Damida. <laughs> or what about, or what about, um, I, I see Zach's in the kitchen. And um, I go in, and I go, oh, dude, Damida, 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 John Paul just shit in the bathroom, and it's summertime. <laughs> Damida, I, Damida. That would be extremely bad. <laughs> that will, um, I'll, I mean, that'll never get lived down. I complete. <laughs> that place still might not have occupancy. <laughs> I blasted it out so bad. That was such a bad... That poop smelled very bad. But in my defense, it was 95 degrees, and I had been drinking hard the night before. So my insides were just a wasteland. Just... John Paul, they say on a warm day in Somerville, you can still smell it. It's like the molasses flood. Well, that was very embarrassing. Not just because you guys weren't the only ones there. Your roommates were there, and I was like, this is so bad. Dude, I'm just I'm picturing what was what's that movie that just came out that like people are talking about? It's I think it's Korean, that where like a family a little family moves to a farm, in America. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't no. heard of this. Is, this. is this another docu series we're not up on? <laughs> no, no. But now I'm just picturing like when Jazak and I moved out of that 55 Cherry Street. And just a little Japanese family moving in to that second floor, ready to start their lives in Boston, and then having to move out immediately, going, oh, damida, damida, damida. Well, I took a, I took a smelly poop, and I think that, um, I think that was damida, but I also think that we should, uh, why don't we, uh, why don't we, uh, do a little Deepak Chopra for mm-hmm. uh, Ultraman, the series finale of Ultraman. Yeah. I will. Uh, I'll start things off. My Deepak Chopra moment was: I thought it was very unique that in the final episode, Ultraman uh, loses. That uh, Ultraman doesn't save the day. That eventually, it's up to the humans to for sort of fend for themselves. And if there was some kind of lesson from this episode. I think that was it. That humanity cannot rely on a hundred foot tall man in a latex <laughs> gimp suit to defend us. We have to defend ourselves. And so that is why we must storm the Capitol successfully this time. <laughs> yeah, my Deepak My Deepak Chopra. Go for it, Jack. My Deepak Chopra moment would have just been um it, it did bring me back to like my my action figures days. And just how much fun I would have had with the set of Ultraman. I'm thinking, yeah, it's the miniature for me that's reminiscent of the Sopranos. So I think that this was kind of (laughs) like Axis foreshadowing of that you had the Japanese using miniatures in generations later. An Italian-American man, Bobby Bacala, would also be involved with miniatures right before his death. (laughs) <laughs> yep, I think it's a direct comparison. <laughs> um, right, why don't we uh, let's, let's, let's do, do a role play? play. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be um, I'll be Godzilla. 
I'll be who's the chick? Fuji. Fuji. I'll be Fuji. Nice. Oh. Zach, who are you? I will be I'll be a community college Japanese instructor. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Thank you for registering for semester one at Newton Community College. We are going to learn a lot about Japanese. And um, I'm going to say this now. No weebs. I only want people who are serious about diplomacy with Japan and using Japanese for business interests, oh. not weirdos who like Japanese manga. Oh, thank you, well, Professor. Thank you, Professor. That's so nice. Um, what I think Fuji-san here is trying to say, Professor, is that I don't know if you're really uh, the right fit for this teaching this class. I mean, I think it seems like Fuji might have been from Japan. I've spent time, a lot of time yeah. in Japan. Yes, I am from Japan and I speak Japanese and I speak English fluently. I don't know why that you're you're teaching this class. Do you even speak Japanese? I do not speak Japanese, no. (laughs) And one of the lessons that I wanted to reiterate here is that this is ultimately not for weebs. This is not about appreciating the culture. This is about dominating the culture. And when you learn Japanese for business, lesson number one is go to Japan, don't speak Japanese, demand everyone speaks English and eats cheeseburgers. <laughs> so is that is that your lesson for us, that we should just boorishly uh, assert our Ameri- uh, an American pig-headed attitude when we go to the land of the rising sun? You're finally starting to learn something. Godzilla, you seem so calm. What's, like, last time I saw you, you smashed some buildings and... You killed like hundreds of people. Yeah, I did a I did a ten year bit for that, and I'm trying to get my life back on track, which is why I'm in community college. <laughs> I've been in Again, prison. We allow redemption for anyone except weebs who watch <laughs> One Piece. That's noble. <laughs> I well, you you keep bringing up weebos, but it's it's the, obviously Godzilla and just one Japanese girl in this class. <laughs> What's your problem with Weebos? Okay, you want me to be honest? Be honest, please. I was in love with a woman, Ooh. and um, she left me for a Weebo. <laughs> and oh, so shameful! <laughs> Excuse me, what did I just hear? <laughs> That's so shame. That's shameful. Well, Professor, I'm really sorry to hear about that. If you make you feel better, you can tell me where this guy lives and I'll crush his house and burn him to death with my radioactive breath. That sounds nice. I kind of want to see your penis, Godzilla. Okay. Okay. What? Yeah. This is community college. Okay. Go to a frat house. No. (laughs) Shut it down. Nope. Here it is. Baba. Take a look. Da da ba. What is that word for it's bad in Japanese? <laughs> if I remembered, this would be a perfect callback. Off screen. What is it, John Paul? Davida. 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 This instructor stinks. You wanted to learn Japanese. There's Japanese. Davida. Not cool. No konnichiwa for you, my friend. Sayonara. What do you guys give the finale of Ultraman? I give it a three. Pretty fucking horrible. But interesting yeah. from the 60s. 
I give it a five. It's better than Vikings, but it does show like a different era of TV, which is interesting. Um, I give it a six. Uh, it has low production value, but I think there was some interest, interesting stuff there. And a little cameo from Godzilla, who you might have seen on, uh, on the recently released Godzilla vs. Kong. Before we go out, guys, Godzilla vs. Kong is coming out on streaming in theaters. Who do you think wins? Your predictions. Um, they wouldn't let Con. either of them lose because they're too important. So something else comes down and they have to fight that together. Yeah, that does sound like the kind of cop-out thing that'll happen. I'm going to say yeah. I'll, I'll predict Kong for the winner, but, I mean, what you're saying is more likely. What's most important is that you rip bongs before. Bongs for the winner, you know? <laughs> you think that that movie's going to be about the legalization of marijuana on a federal level? Yes. It's going to turn out neither of them win because they unite to pass the Safe Banking Act <laughs> along with Joe Biden. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. And as as we head out, why don't you just take a moment and listen to this beautiful theme song from the finale of Ultraman. Thank you.